the Guys from Podcast, just two guys answering the internet's questions. I'm Sean Cordingly. And I'm David R. Smith. Today's first question comes to us via at Sean Cord. Brian wants us to discuss our thoughts on television series, series is, things, Siri, Siri, that were canceled too soon. Yeah, I think, now I know specifically that he brought it up because vinyl was behind the curtain the day we're recording this. Vinyl was officially canceled by HBO today. Yeah. And he was a pretty big fan of vinyl from the yeah. sounds of it. And they, they renewed it. They said in February, I think they said they were going to renew it and it was going to be... Well, the first episode had a great had great numbers. Okay. Second episode, okay. Right. Third, slipping. And then it, I think it steadily went down. I see. Like, okay. I gave up after three. Right. Because right. I just... I cared about one storyline of seven, so it was just like, eh. Yeah, and I mean, that's a trick with HBO is they... With Boardwalk Empire, there were so many different storylines that you were following... But you had to like them all, otherwise you probably wouldn't like the show. Or like what's at the heart. Yes. Whereas with, and I think I even mentioned this before, maybe on the podcast, for vinyl, I don't know what the heart was. Right. So it was like, he's remaking this this record company, mm-hmm. but it's also about his failing marriage. It's also about how they met, but right. it's also about this band trying to break big. And it's also about this other guy who lost his voice and is now a manager. Like, it's just... I didn't know what kind the of all focus overhang. was, yeah. whereas what I think might have been interesting was the birth of this, like, uh, Bobby Cannavale's character building that record company sure. first, rather than here it is needing to be rebuilt. And that makes sense, and I think, I think had it been like that, I probably would have gotten into it. Yeah. But just based on what you said, like, I, had, I, I think I still have it PVR'd, but I had it PVR'd. And then I was going to start watching it, and then you kind of said that you were falling off, and I was like, okay. And then my cousin, who was big into the first couple episodes, wasn't really talking about it that much, and I just kind of went, well, it doesn't seem to have the excitement. Like, I think it took me a while to get onto the Boardwalk Empire train. Like, I think I had, I had, I don't know how it worked, but you were the one to tell me about it, and then, and then you watched a couple episodes and said, yeah, it's worth watching. And so that's kind of my litmus test is... I get other people to do all the hard work, and I'm like, okay, these people like it, I'll, I'll check it out. Well, and I'm, like, I always, like I say, I always give it three episodes. Sure. Uh, if something is really bad, obviously I'll drop it before then, but something, especially in Vinyl's case, I was excited about it. Yeah. Because it's, a, like, a creative team that I like, the actors I like, I was so excited that cool. Yeah, I, I, I was really excited that Bobby Cannavale finally got his own, his own project. Yeah. Like, he was no longer the HBO... Supporting actor, he was the guy who like, was we leading. We need somebody for these nine episodes. Let's yeah, get Bobby. Exactly. He or, was in a few episodes of, of Oz, and then he was he was Jip Rossetti in season three, three. Yeah. of Boardwalk Empire, and he was great. Yeah. It's like I would like to see him do something on his own, but I just think you know, it, he was kind of at the mercy of the writers and the directors. Yep. Yeah. And uh, you know, so as it turns out, Vinyl got canceled it after sure did. one season. After one season, ten episodes. I think so. I think again, st- having stopped at three. Sure, sure. <laughs> I think I think a standard HBO run is about ten about episodes 10, per season, usually. Yeah. Now, I heard that. I was actually listening to the sports stage, uh, the the fan here in Calgary. Yeah. The other day, and I heard that uh, Game of Thrones is only doing two more seasons. Yeah. And they're doing ten episodes and five episodes, or something like that. Yeah, like, they're doing like a split final season. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like what what Boardwalk did. Like, Boardwalk, the last season was only eight episodes or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Like, a condensed season that really just packs everything into those... Because, like, the first few seasons, you know, seasons three and four in particular, where you kind of get to know these characters, you would have a really great... Boardwalk. 
Yes, okay. a boardwalk. You had started talking about oh, Game sorry, of Thrones. Yes. I just want to make sure because yeah. you haven't watched Game of no, Thrones. Not yet. That's too pop culture for you. <laughs> and it's... I don't even have an excuse. I really don't. I've heard it's great, and it's just one of those... I just know how much of an undertaking it's going to be to get caught up. Yeah. So I'll get there eventually. But you can, for free. I know. Well, via our cable. Well, I feel like it's on Netflix now, too. No, I, it's sure not. What? No, oh. there's no HBO on Netflix. HBO has their own service. Where the hell did I... Okay, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, no, it's just... It's straight on demand for us up here. Okay. Uh, anyway, with um, with Boardwalk, seasons three and four, the first episode of the of the, the season premiere would be great. And really, you know, you're kind of getting to learn. But then it would... Then you'd have to get all... Figure out where all the stories were going. Yep. And so it would kind of slow down a little bit. Whereas that last season, there was no... You couldn't slow down because they only had eight episodes. And here it is. Eight years later... Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Crazy. Yeah. What a what a leap. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, like that's so vinyl's not the first like luck. Yeah. The the horse racing, which was a real slow burn of a series, but like I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I thought Dustin Hoffman was great in it. It was a good cast. I only saw the pilot episode. I didn't even realize that it, it was on after that. Like I, oh, I thought yeah. the. They'd done the pilot episode, and it didn't go over that well, and so they just pulled the plug on the series. No, it went fine. It just wasn't one that, like you said, it was a slow burn. And even that first episode was like, I can see where this is going, and I feel like it's one that the longer you get into the series, the more... The more you'll care. The deeper you kind of care about these characters. And you kind of, like, I don't care about horse racing at all, but the show kind of made me care about horse racing just because I'm caring about... Here's the grooms, and here's the people working the stables, and here's the owners, and all of that sort of stuff. I'm enjoying that. Right. I think the only reason, the only time I ever really care about horse racing is, like, last year when American Pharaoh won the Triple Crown. Ah. Uh, like, I, I enjoy talking about it, and it's like when the Kentucky Derby happens, and it's like, this horse won. And so... Yeah, Canadian-owned horse won. Any Nyquist? Uh, was that was that a Canadian-owned horse? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so then, like, you have Nyquist, who wins the Kentucky Derby... And then, then you get to the Preakness, and if that same horse doesn't win, then I care fairly or significantly less about horse racing. But last year, I was like, oh, American Pharaoh won the, the Preakness. That's cool. And then going, so I actually watched the Belmont because it was like, I, I want to see it. I want to see it. Yeah. And every now and then you get a horse that, that wins the two, and then it just can't do the Triple Crown, obviously, because I mean... That was the first Triple Crown winner since... 32 years? 36 yeah. years, something like that? It was in the 70s. It was before, it, this was the first one in my lifetime. Yeah. And uh, and so I remember... Um, but, like, there's often been horses that will make it to the two, but they just can't win the Belmont. Either that extra... Because I think it's a extra mile and quarter? a half. Yeah. That extra quarter mile is too much or whatever it is. It's just sometimes they can't do it. It's and tough to win three races. It <laughs> really is. So that's... Uh, in that sense, I really like horse racing, but I feel like if I would have been able to watch this show, it would have made me a little bit more interested. And, like, yeah. I don't think I would have been going out of my way to watch the races or anything. No. But. No. I still would have but. had an, I would have had more of an appreciation for it. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, it got canceled after one season. I don't think the numbers were great. Right. Plus, there was all the PETA complaining. Oh, which really? largely unfounded. We found out later, but. Shocking. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah. So... I don't know that it didn't have the numbers for HBO to stand by it while PETA is making its noise. Sure. Yeah. So I think it was just like, okay, we're just going to shelve this. Yeah. 
where something, I mean... If, think, game, if PETA was complaining about Game of Thrones, PETA could probably just go... Wheatgrass! ...themselves. Yeah. Yeah, there are <laughs> certain like, things where it just has such a... Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Game of Thrones has so many people who love it. Yeah. That I'm sure even people on, like, who are members of PETA probably love Game of Thrones. Yeah. And at a certain point, they'd be like, ooh... Well, and I get it, because horse racing, especially for PETA, is a touchy subject. Sure. And you are concerned about the horse's welfare, but the series was very, very good about it from news reports and all that sort of stuff, and it's... And it has been my experience, and I'm not going to go off on a big political tangent here, but in the matter of horse racing and, like, chuck wagon racing and stuff like that, where you are racing these horses, the owners and the trainers love these horses like family. Yep. And so it's... You know, it, they don't want to see their horse. I mean, th- it's an investment, and it's a family member. They don't want to see anything happen to these horses either. It's nope. heartbreaking when it has to. Yep. So I I get that you're worried that they're worried about the horses, but I'm pretty sure the owners and the and the trainers are probably as worried about the horses as as Peta is. Yep. But I mean, when they have that influence, and like you said, they probably didn't have the numbers. And there was there the numbers for luck were not high enough to warrant the noise that was being made. Sure. Whether regardless of how much of it was actually based in truth and how much of it was just noise, right? It's hard to tell sometimes. It it really is. We're trying our best not to say what we really think, <laughs> but you can gather. Moving right along, should we stick with the HBO on the HBO train here for a little bit? Sure. Uh, Deadwood. Yeah, okay. Um, I've only seen the first season. Okay. I was I borrowed DVDs of the first season and yeah. then just haven't had a chance to watch the rest. And that's, so. that's, that's happened to me. Actually, I don't think I've finished it in okay. the sense like I've seen a bunch of it, but it's one of those ones I know that it, it's ended and I know that the ending is really disappointing because okay. it leaves you basically on a cliffhanger and then... That sucks. Yeah, and so... See, that was the nice thing about Hannibal, where they're like, we're going to be cancelled at the end of every season, so let's just tie everything up or leave it weird. Okay, great. But not like, what happened? Yeah. And then, yeah, and so... Oh god, I hope it doesn't end there, but if it does, I'm okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so I know that with only three seasons of Deadwood, that I kind of have to, like, savor them, all these new episodes, and so I'm learning new things, because I'm like, I don't want to... I don't want to to binge this one. It's not like right. binge watching something on Netflix where it's like, oh, Orange is the New Black is coming back next season. I can watch all these immediately and then it's good. Because yep. I know that there's this one. It's like that's the end of it for me. So I'm like, I'm slowly letting a little bit a little bit of line out at a time and just kind of be like, I'll watch a couple episodes and then let that sink in and then I'll get busy watching some other show and so which I mean, happens, which does happen. But to me, just knowing, loving the characters and loving. The series. Oh, you're a Western guy exactly. as well. So. Yeah. yeah, so that one that one hurts. The cool thing is, the last time I watched it, there's one character, he's actually the guy who ends up shooting Wild Bill Hickok, and I'm not spoiling anything, because it happens like four episodes in, I guess, on a series that was And like, in history? And in history, exactly. So I'm like, I'm <laughs> Wild not... Wild Bill Hickok's dead? I know! He got shot? Anyway, the guy who, who plays, the actor who plays that character... Yeah. I was watching it, and later there's another character that comes back. I'm like, God, that guy looks familiar. I was like, is that the same actor? And it totally was. It was the same guy who plays a completely different character. It's like, that's actually kind of cool that that 
I know that HBO is fairly incestuous in the fact that they will cast a lot of the same people for a lot of different television shows. Yep. I actually, there was a, a friend of mine sent me a, a grid about it, and it's like you click on one actor and it'll bring up all the different shows that they've been in, and it's like oh, the HBO cool. connection. It's really neat. Um, but I didn't know that they would actually cast the same person in two different in in two different roles on the same TV show. Have you watched the Tonys yet? No. Uh, James Corden does a, a section because, especially like Law and Order and the CSIs, and but yeah. mostly Law and Order casts a lot of their one shot, two shot, like the three art characters from sure. Broadway. Okay, so. For one of his, like, the Corden kind of joke sections, yep. he did, like, you might remember these actors who you don't know from, and then he'd do it from Law and Order. And then he went to the guy who was nominated for for playing, um, Leiden Fiddler. Um, oh, uh, this is terrible. Why can't I remember his name? Um, I can't either. That's, because all I can think of is Topol, but he played it in the movie. <laughs> I want to say Yitzhak, but that's that's from uh, Hedwig. Uh, I'm looking it up because it'll it'll drive both of us nuts if we don't know. Anyway, he it went to the guy who was playing the lead in Fiddler, and he had been in like eight different characters in Law and Order. Oh, really? He looked different in every one, but it just it stuck with him, and he just went or this character in Law and Order or this character in Law and Order, and it just kept being different pictures. And it, he was on this like on the screen with the pictures next to him. He's just sitting there like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of awesome. I really do, and I mean, and I'm used to it in theater because in theater, especially on Tavia, Tavia. <sighs> Both have a little bit of shame right now. A little bit. Um, in the in theater, especially in big shows like Shakespearean shows or something where you have massive cast. Yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. A lot of people get double cast in in different roles, and oh, you yeah. just kind of accept it. Yep. And so in Deadwood, I was like, okay, cool. And he w- looked significantly different between like the one he was a really really dirty character and he kind of had a dead eye and like a droopy face and everything and then the other one he was very refined and you know clean cuts and everything I was like yeah good on you guys HBO why not yeah um anyway so it got cancelled and I know a lot of people were really unhappy about that well like that's is that worse than a rushed ending though cause sticking with HBO thinking about Carnival yeah like they knew they were done because that series cost a lot to make Right, but they tie like they managed to wrap up all of the storylines by the end. Right, but it sped through and wrapped everything up just like, and then it's over. And you're yeah. Like, oh, okay, that felt off. Well, and I mean, since we're talking about how many seasons were there for Carnival? Two, two. Okay, because Freaks and Geeks was to me the same thing. They found out halfway through the run that they were going to be canceling the series, and so then they tried to basically wrap it up to make it seem less... To, to Jarring not, and not Yeah, leave not leave hanging. it on a cliffhanger or anything like that. I think I wrote a blog about it in my least favorite series finales. I think you did, yeah. Because I loved the show, but really was disappointed in the final episode. And I don't know the final episode of Carnival, but it sounds like it was very much the same sort of thing, where it's like, we know that we're not going to have life beyond this, so to make the fans quote-unquote happy... Well, did you watch Carnival? I watched some of it. Yeah, well, so the... I watched it with you. The good evil side is wrapped up. Like, solved. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. So yes, it is, as I haven't watched Freaks and Geeks yet, mm-hmm. and I do mean yet, it's on my list of mm-hmm. series to watch, Yeah. but that list is how many series long? Well, and I mean, it's not like there's new episodes, like that, that was done in 1999 or something like that. Yeah. So... It's not like you, you're you in at any risk. It's always going to be there. If it's not on Netflix, I have it on DVD. It's just... Exactly. Yeah. It's just cool. Like, a lot of these... A lot of stars that you see now kind of got their start in this show. And, like... Yeah. And, you know, it was Judd Apatow, and that was kind of his big breakthrough. And No, I'm looking forward to it. Mm. And I liked Undeclared, his yeah. next series. I didn't love it. Like, it's not on this list for me. No, nor is it for me, because it was... I, I liked it. The only, I liked Undeclared because it came out right around the time. Like, it came between... I think the year that I was, my my uh, gap year between high school and university. Okay, yeah. I think that's when it came out. So I was getting ready to go off to school, and it was all about. And it was a first couple year. years, like it was grade eleven ish yeah. for me. So I am starting to be like, all right, yeah. What do and I so do it was all first and... year university students, and I was like, this is a show, basically, like this is me. Yeah. But I liked it, but not as much as I liked Freaks and Geeks. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, like. To answer your question, there's something so underwhelming about... When they've branched out 20 Mm storylines, 10 storylines, and then all of a sudden they try and wrap them up in three hours, and by three hours I mean... Well, if it's HBO, it's almost three hours. Yeah. But, like, Freaks and Geeks was on what? Like, CBS? NBC. NBC? Yeah. 40... 99, 46 minutes Something an like hour. that, yeah. So 45, 45, and 45. Yeah. In, a, in, in, in one season. Like, it's just... Yeah. I don't know. And so it, it is so underwhelming when, when you get these finales and it's like, oh, okay. But then do you prefer the cliffhanger where it's not wrapped up? I don't know. And that's the that's the problem. Like, these, these shows where it's like, oh my god, what a great final episode, or what a great season finale. And then it's like, and we're not renewing it! Oh, <laughs> yeah. God, I don't know. It's a tough. I I don't know if I have an answer for that because neither obviously neither are optimal answers. That I would rather have a good a good series finale, like a good Boardwalk Empire season fina- series finale. Yeah, but sometimes you just can't get that, which we won't spoil. We will not spoil because it's fairly new still. And, like, that's why I didn't say anything. Not that Freaks and Geeks really, it's not like it's a big... But you know that I want to watch exactly, it Exactly, so I'm not so going to say anything like... about it. So, yeah, when he dies at the end. <laughs> but, but <laughs> turns this... out he was a terrorist the whole time. <laughs> On this 1980s Judd Apatow <laughs> family TV show. It's like, wow, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> With Joe Flaherty. <laughs> that took a real Homeland kind of turn at the end. <laughs> Where do you think Homeland got its inspiration from? <laughs> Linda Cardellini and Martin Starr. Weird. <laughs> By the way, I love Martin Starr. Have you seen, on a little side side note, have you seen Adventureland? Yes. With Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen, Kristen Stewart. Stewart? It was on last night, and I didn't watch all of it because it was commercialized. And, and it's Kristen Stewart? Yeah. And I mean, it, what I saw was okay. I prefer Zombieland with Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. Um significantly more but yeah uh martin star was in that i was like man i love martin star like he's just such a weird looking dude but like, was he in adventureland uh he plays the the guy who trains jesse eisenberg in in the games oh, okay yeah kind of okay. like the game supervisor yeah um and he's dating allison brie or was dating or and is like engaged where it's like he's kind of a goofy looking dude and he's married to or like with 
quite an attractive actress. Yeah. Good on him. So anyway, that's just my little aside. I love Martin Starr, and I like, I just love his character in Freaks and Geeks. Anyway, moving so, right along. Well, no, I'm going to stick with this tangent for a second. Okay. Because you kind of dismissed my because Kristen Stewart, and I'm wondering oh. what Kristen Stewart movie you're a giant fan of. I don't know. I just don't like, I've gotten into debates about, and this is going to make, I don't want to sound shallow, but like her attractiveness, and my brother oh, loves Kristen Stewart. referring to her acting I know, ability, but, but okay. like, I don't, I, I haven't seen a lot of her stuff. And so I was just like, I, I can't condemn her because I don't... I've never seen any of the Twilight movies because they're Twilight movies. And she was only okay in this. Like, she was by no means the best part of this movie. But so I do, don't know any of her other stuff. I know that she was in a movie version of On the Road. Yep. And I haven't seen that because I'm kind of... I heard it's brutal. A little, yep. So, yeah, there's... I'm not. I'm not trying to say that I'm a big Kristen Stewart fan because I honestly don't know if I've ever seen one of her movies start to finish. Into the Wild? Was she in that? She's the girl at the park when he's when he's staying with the people at, at like the RV place. Right. Right. She's the one that like kind of tries to seduce him in the RV. Okay. Yeah, see fairly unmemorable at, at that point because And that's what I mean. Like yeah. they keep she keeps getting leads and I'm like, "Okay, well, she's rather just there." Yeah. Kind of like the vanilla of acting, like yeah. just because yeah, like it's everything flat. I've seen her in, she's been flat. You know, yeah, that's what I. That's the way I look. I mean, at she's it. in it's a movie like, with. Uh, she's in a comedy with Jesse Eisenberg, Bill Hader, Kristen Wiig, Martin Starr, and there are more people. Oh, Ryan Reynolds is in it, and then it's Kristen Stewart. I'm like, what? like one of these things is not like the other. And I, I mean, Jesse Eisenberg has also done some fairly serious stuff, but like... Oh, yeah. He's been in... What was the uh, um, the one where he had the bomb strapped to him? 30 Minutes or Less. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and he's been in that in Zombieland, which is fairly funny, and like... Yeah. He, the guy's got comedic chops, and then, you know, she was in it, and I was just like, okay, okay cool. She's just there. Yeah. It's always just there. Yeah. Anyway, I, I breeze past it because, like, my brother loves her. He, he thinks, like, he... I mean, he doesn't listen to the podcast. No, he doesn't. That's true. <laughs> F you, Mike. You don't have to defend Kristen Stewart for him here. You'll never hear it. Touche. Sticking with the college theme... Yeah. We can transition maybe a bit into cartoons and complain about the fact that undergrads only got one season. Oh, man. The first time I saw it was my first year in res, and okay. we watched it probably six or seven times all the way through. I remember it was on in my first year of res, because it was on for like three or four years. They just kept oh, repeating yeah. it on Teletoon. And, Which is our cartoon network up here. Yeah, it's basically the... Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember the people on my floor who I really didn't like... Loved that show, and so I didn't watch it on principle because I'm like, oh, if these people don't like it or love it, then I'm not going to like it. But then I got over myself and watched it. I was like, damn, this show's really good. It's a great series. And it left on a cliffhanger, kind of. They finished their first year. Right. Spoilers to undergrads. Sure. A movie that's, or a TV show that got canceled. 2003? Something like 2001, 2003, something there. Well, because I mean, if it was on my first year of university, that would have been 02. So. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so a show that's been canceled for 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Nitz finally hooks up with Kimmy. Sure. Gets told off by Jesse, who's sure. totally been crushing on him the entire series. Yeah. And it's the end of their first year. 
that series should have been four years long. Totally. Each of their years in college. Yeah. It's like... I want to know what happened to Rocco at that frat he kind of wandered into. Oh, yeah! <laughs> kind of became a... <laughs> I forgot. I was trying to think of all the... Or Nets. what Cal took. Right? I have no idea what Cal was taking. No, he, he was, was always just... in bed or in the shower. Exactly. Or playing Risk. <laughs> Oh, man. It was such a good show. Um, and that is first year. That is so first it's year. so they first year, They nailed yeah. what first year. If you're living in res, what first year in university is like. Absolutely. Yeah. Just like the... the Strange blur of like experiences, and then you have classes at the same time, and you're just... Just trying to figure out who you are and your identity and, like, I mean, what you want to take and what you want to be when you grow up. And, like... What your interests are, because I mean, I know when I was in high school, my interests changed significantly when I got to university, and yeah. like who you want your friends to be, and who you want your girlfriend to be, and like the different people that sleep together, and like it's just it's it's and how not to order vodka and scotch in the same glass. <laughs> oh, we tried it. It was a terrible idea, but that we tried sounds it. Sounds like an awful idea. I mean, at that point, I didn't drink scotch anyway, nor did I really drink vodka. But I mean, I. It was I the, could drink vodka, but I wouldn't drink scotch. It was the collective floor sure. bottles, right? Like you get, you guys are getting together for a floor party because that's what you did basically every weekend, yeah. unless you had something to do. Sure. Which did you have something to do in res? Sometimes, but uh, rarely. Usually, it was go to the den, go yeah. to the pub. Like if I wasn't having a, if we weren't going to a party somewhere in residence, we were going to the pub, to the bar, the on campus, on campus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cause it, and th- back then it was great because they would let you in in your pajamas. Like, you'd go in your pajama bottoms and a t-shirt. Yep. And then it got all poshy and, oh, you can't come in dressed like that. It's like, well, it's a campus bar. Yeah. Why Why can't I? Whatever. I'll walk home and be back. Exactly. I guess. <laughs> okay. Or I won't. I don't, whatever. I'll go to the, the other pub around the corner. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it, it, it nailed it. And it was... Oh man, yeah. There's a few on here, and I like that we've kind of we've kind of meandered. We went from HBO into college somehow. Well, freaks, oh, and, right. freaks and geeks, and then I brought up undeclared Carnival and into Carnival. freaks and yeah. geeks. Yeah, um, into undergrad, Clone High. Speaking of animated shows about high school, about education, I guess. Yeah, and only one season. Ugh. Undergrads hurt. Like uh, it. It was sad to see in only one uh, season of undergrads. But, but I'm satisfied enough with the season. Like, I can rewatch that season and be like, yeah, that was yeah. awesome. Clone High? Oh, a show We've of talked limitless about a pretension. I know. Do you want to... I'm, I'm, I'm having a moment here. <laughs> well, it was, it's a series, in case people haven't seen it. Yeah. We're way, way back in the 1980s, a group of secret government employees dug up famous guys and ladies, and then cloned them, and then you, now they're sexy teens, and they're in high school. Yeah. So the main characters were Abraham Lincoln, Joan of Arc, Gandhi, JFK, Cleopatra. Those are kind of the the main five. Ponce de Leon. Don't forget Ponce. (laughs) He was always there. It's true. But, I mean, then you had, like, Marie Curie. You had... um, Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan was amazing. Sigmund Freud. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And, like, every, every episode you had just kind of a different historical figure somewhere. And the principal was a mad scientist mm-hmm. named Scudworth. And he had a robot butler named Mr. Butlertron. Yep. 
who always ended every sen- sentence with Wesley. Yeah. It was so absurd. It was a lot of the same people who made, um, like, Scrubs. Scrubs, yeah. Um, what was it? Bill, uh, Bill Lawrence. Bill Lawrence, yeah. Right. Was, yep. Yeah. And, like, the, the voice of Cleopatra was, I can never remember her name, but she was um, Jordan and... Drew Carey Show. Was it? Kate and the... Kate I, and Drew Carey Show. Kate, Jordan and Scrubs. And Scrubs, yeah. yeah. Um, Will and, Forte. Yeah, Will Forte played... He was Gandhi, wasn't he? I thought he was Lincoln. Oh, yeah, Will Will Forte was Lincoln. Yeah. And um, uh, the guy from Mad TV, I think, was, was Gandhi, Gandhi, wasn't he? And Donald Faison was Toots. Like, there's a bunch yeah. of crossover. Yeah, a yeah. bunch of crossover. And just, like, it was, it was so well done. And, like... There was usually a celebrity cameo. Yeah, Tom Green, Marilyn Manson. Michael J. Fox. Oh, yeah. He plays the kidney. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I mean, it's... The drawing, the animation is very... I don't want to say crude. It's not like it, South Park's first couple seasons where it's like paper cutouts, but it was like... It's simple. It's simple and it's not proportioned. Yeah, Like, no. you know, really really thin waists and like, you know, the hands were huge and... It's a stylized, very kind stylized. of simple yeah. cartoon. And it ended on a cliffhanger. It sure did. Oh. It really did. And I mean, spoilers, I guess, but at the end of the episode, they... Because the, the military who basically put... The, the, the board of shadowy figures, yeah. Yeah, the group of shadowy figures, they were coming to get the clones. Yes. And so Principal Scudworth wanted to freeze them, and so we locked them in this freezer, and like... Also wanted to get back at John Stamos, who took sure. the prom king thing for, away from him in high school. Because John Stamos is John Stamos. Right. He's just a gorgeous specimen. Yeah. Um, that was basically the whole point of that side story. Yeah. And so they were going to get frozen, and Joan of Arc loved Abraham Lincoln... Yeah, and from day one. From day one, and did Abe? He was going to say something to, like he was said. He was saying something to Joan, right? Like, did she confess his love for him? Didn't she? Joan hooked up with JFK. Oh yeah, JFK, or, and Abe was finally because he was trying to be with Cleopatra. Because that was always his MO. Cleopatra, yeah, because yeah. it's Cleopatra. Sure. Uh, but when they were finally going to do it. All he could see was Joan, and all he could think about was Joan, so he goes to find her, and she's with JFK. Right. And that's basically how it ended. Yeah. They froze it there. It's like, okay. Oh, what's going to happen in season two? That never freaking came around. Nothing. (sighs) Absolutely nothing. Um, so we're at half an hour. (laughs) And we're about uh, maybe halfway through the shows we were talking about. Uh, so... There's going to be a one-question episode? It's going to be another one-question episode. Yeah. Lee, Vegas, getting hockey? Weird. <laughs> well, It is weird. It's weird. I hope they name their team the Posse just to throw back to the CFL days when they had when Las Vegas had a team in the Canadian Football League. I've been hearing some rumblings about Black Knights. Las Vegas Black Knights. I can dig that. The, the owners got connections to West Point. Oh. And, so, and Black Knights is a big kind of subset sure. in, in West Point. So there's some talk that he might... It's actually... It's a pretty... Las Vegas Black Knights is... Yeah, sounds good. It's just... Yeah. I have... I have issues with expansion, and if we really... If... I mean, sorry we're not going to get to it, but if we want... If somebody really wants us to talk about expansion, and not just NHL, despite the fact that that's the one I can talk about the most, we can talk about expansion. Yeah. Because it is an interesting topic. Just... We have a lot of TV shows to talk about. We're kind of at the tip of the iceberg here. So... The second half of our TV series, Cancelled Too Soon, is brought to you by... You know what's coming. 
The Raisins? Du- the Dumont Television oh. Network. Well, it's got to be the Dumont Television Network. We're talking that about TV sense, today. That makes sense, of course. Are you tired of the stranglehold that the two other networks have on your television? Why not tune in to the innovative and dynamic Dumont Network, featuring such great programs as The Maury Amsterdam Show, Captain Video and his Video Rangers, cancelled too soon, or the latest in programming innovations, Cash and Carry, a so-called game show where real people have a chance to win money by answering questions on cans, the hilarious husband and wife stunt feature, or play from home by phoning into your local station to guess what is under the barrel. All this and more on the Dumont Network. 1946. It's gonna be our year. And we're back. We have a lot more to go through. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of these, like, we, we talked about a lot of them in detail uh, in the first half. There's some here where I can't talk about some and you can't talk about others. And yeah. There'll be fairly quick conversations, so maybe we might plow through those right now. Although, to be fair, I haven't seen Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, we didn't... We dwelled on that a little bit. <laughs> but that was kind of a Carnival Freaks and Geeks tie-in. Yeah, we, we'll flow through stuff. All right. Uh, we were doing cartoons at the end of the last segment. Should we wrap up with The Tick? Sure. Is that the last cartoon? Because like, we could talk about yeah, Futurama no, 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 Family no, no. Guy. Yeah, and I mean, Futurama, Futurama and Family Guy, obviously, one is still going. Yeah. And Futurama's done, right? They are, but they did get four extra seasons after they were canceled from Fox. Yeah, and so we're talking about the original run of these shows that were popular in the time and then got canceled. Now, because of, like, the advent of DVD sales, both of them sold so well that they're like, oh, we should bring these back. Yeah. So, like, Family Guy was three seasons, I think, and then it got canceled? Yeah, I think so. And Futurama was... Five, I think. Five, and so then the sixth fe- season was the movies in yeah. seven, eight, nine. Future and had a better run than Family Guy, but both of them, in my opinion, at the time, in their heyday, were so good. Early Family Guy was so different and so much better. Yeah, it was different than it is now or different than anything else on at the time, or both. Different than it is now. Yeah. Because it wasn't that different of... Like, it was cruder, I guess. Sure. But it wasn't as crude as South Park. And it no. was kind of another Simpson clone... But it worked yeah. better because of the way they like are written by manatees. So, <laughs> South Park reference. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, um, both of them were really good in their heyday. And I haven't watched a lot of the new fa- Futurama episodes. I've heard that they're better than, the than, new- like, than New Family Guy. Oh, easy. And even like the New Family Guy, the first couple seasons after it got brought back... Not bad. It, it wasn't it was still bad. still pretty good. But... I felt like it, it, I mean, Seth MacFarlane started doing the then Cleveland American show. Dad and started. American, oh yeah, sorry, American Dad was next. And then... Which is still his best show. Sure. As far as I'm concerned. Well, consistently. Yeah. Yeah. Because it actually tells stories. Well, and Family Guy, had they stopped after five or six seasons, you could argue that Family Guy was as good as American Dad because... They still did stuff. Like, yeah. it still made sense. Yeah. It wasn't just like, all of the humor wasn't relying on the cutaways. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because like, American Dad very rarely has cutaways in it, and if it does, they're character-based. Sure. So it works. Right. Yeah, and, I don't know. There's something about, like, the yeah, the first few seasons of Family Guy, but even more accurately, the first five seasons of Futurama, just so good. Like, I'll rewatch Futurama on Netflix, and just, it's it's unreal. Yeah. Those And, I mean, you laugh, and there are literally episodes where I cry. They do that. They do that again when they came back to. Yeah, they're not as solid, but they are still better than 
Sure. Everything they were replaced by. Yeah. So so those are on our list just because of the first part, not because they, like, the original ones shouldn't have gotten canceled as early as they did. But the tick never came back, unless no. you count the live action tick, which was not the same. It wasn't the same. And then also got canceled, and Patrick Warburton was perfect was as a live action perfect tick. perfect for the tick. I <laughs> love Patrick Warburton. I mean, I love him... And good on him. He's done. I mean, because he did. He did Seinfeld, and then he plays Joe in, in Family Guy. Yeah, he's consistently worked. But he's got. He does the those tech. Enterprise commercials. He's got the we Enterprise see every break during yeah. every football game on Canadian channels yeah. because they have four commercials. Uh huh. But he also did um, uh, Rules of Engagement. Oh I think. yeah. Apparently that show's really good. Hmm. I could never get into it because David Spade playing like a womanizer. I was like that a little out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But apparently, like, he he thinks... Because somebody said that, like, it's like, oh, it's like David Spade's, like, a Barney Stinson-type character. It's like, what? Ooh. I don't... What? But then they kind of explain it, like, no, he's he thinks he's Barney, but he just gets made fun of all the time. I'm like, oh, that okay. works. Yeah, and so... And I really dig Patrick Warburton, so I feel like, at some point, I probably will watch The Rules of Engagement, but I just... Haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, fair and enough. And now he's doing another show. I think he's directing it, and I don't know, like... That's good. Yeah. But The Tick. The Tick. That's what we're talking about, and it was so good. It's so funny. Did you prefer the cartoon or the live action? Because I'm a cartoon man. And I liked... I, I, it's been a long time since I've seen either of them, but I liked the, the live action a little bit better because of my love of Patrick Warburton. That's fair. But I, like, the cartoon one was so good, too. And it was just... There's a few things in The Tick lore... That right. you could only really do in cartoon form. For sure. Yeah, and... So, yeah. It always bothered me as well that she wasn't called American Maid in the live action. Right. Because she was American Maid. But there was rights issues. Out of everything to have rights issues about, it was American Maid. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's the tech. Yeah. What more can you say about the tick? He was a superhero who was a tick. Yeah. And he had a great catchphrase. What was it? Spoon. He yelled spoon and then <laughs> ran into battle. <laughs> because why not? Because spoon. Because spoon. Yeah. And he just, it was funny and oh, I want to watch the live action tick now. Actually, I want to watch them both. There's a yeah. lot of shows on here I want to watch again. <laughs> Damn it. I'm definitely going to get back on the Deadwood train. Yeah. Okay, we've got a bunch here that we can kind of talk about, but you've seen them, and I haven't, or I've seen it, and you haven't, so you want to just kind of rattle some of these off here, and then we can, like, then that'll leave us basically four that we can really talk about in earnest? Sure. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with, you have more, so talk about Almost Human. Okay, Almost Human was a one series, or I guess one season, because we're in the North America. Sure. In the North America. Hmm... <laughs> Semantics. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, it had Carl Urban was the lead. Nice. It was a future, kind of like a cyberpunk series, okay. but it was a cyberpunk cop procedural. Okay. So it was him and I'm forgetting the other guy's name, but the other guy played an android. Okay. And they had to like solve mysteries, basically. They were basically solving crime. So is a cop and a robot solving crime? Yeah. So it was mac and cheese. Essentially it was, but it was actually very it was very like William Gibson like high cyberpunk style. It was cool. stylized. It was actually really well. It's Michael Ely. Um 
uh, you probably recognize. Oh, yeah, that guy. Can't remember where I know him from, but I know him. But that's the trick, is that both of them, after the series came out, had hit movies. Was it like that. BBC? Was that on the almost, BBC? Almost Human? Yeah. Fox. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they got 13 episodes, and yeah, like, stylized, kind of Blade Runner-y. Okay. Not never as good as Blade Runner, but sure. it was Blade Runner-y, and it had, like I said, William Gibson, or, like, cyberpunk undertones to the okay. whole thing. And then they'd be solving, like, there was a big conspiracy they'd solve, so it had the overarching thing that we like in TV now, but it also had, like, here's the mystery of the week. Oh, great. That they have to solve. Cool. So, like, this fits into pieces here and all of that. Okay. But it got canceled, probably because the numbers were pretty good, but both of them then became more popular because of things that came out. What did Carl, was it Lord of the Rings that he did that? Oh, no, this this series is from three years ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, I'm trying to think of what Carl... I, I love Carl Urban, and he's one of those guys whose name I always like... Oh. Star Trek? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he played he plays, Bones. He plays Bones in Star right. Trek. He also had Judge Dredd come out in 2012. Okay. Into he, Darkness was 2013. Right, okay, yeah. So, I mean, he kind of... So he, he did... Oh, I think he, he was... Oh, it's not great, but I mean, it's got a bunch of iconic uh, actors. He was in Red. Yeah, um, he was. Yeah. So, like... All of that sort of stuff. He was also in Riddick, but mostly it's Dread and Star Trek. Star Trek, yeah. So his, like, the value of his contract went way up. Okay. Uh, Michael Ely got into the Underworld right. series. Uh, he was also in one of those, uh, About Last Night. Oh, okay. One of those Kevin Hart movies. Yeah, yeah. And Interesting. He, like he played the super nice, attractive guy. Sure. So like all of a sudden, his star t- started to take off. Right, right. So it's just like, how do you keep paying them to do this already probably expensive because you need CG to right. make future Seattle, future San Francisco, okay. something like that. I don't remember. West Coast, what was that. future City. West Coast. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it was almost human because he played an android? Yeah. Neat. I also appreciate that you got my mac and cheese reference. Oh, immediately. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you saw my eyes start to light up, didn't you? He's yep. like, Dave's going to make a Friends reference here. Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to talk about Greg the Bunny. Okay. Just, okay, so um, Seth Green is friends with this guy, Greg the Bunny, who's a puppet, and like, self-aware puppet, like, there's people and then puppets. Oh, okay. Um, and then, so they, basically, Greg needs a job and so does Seth Green and um, he goes, they basically go to work on this puppet show and um, Eugene Levy was in it and I think he played Seth Green's dad. And Seth, Awesome. I know, and Seth Green needed a job and basically worked his way into, I think he pretended to be uh, Greg's agent and basically got him, Greg, this, because there was a, another bunny on this TV show with all these different puppets. Right. Uh, and he ended up being a drunk and kind of got, he got fired from the show and Greg stepped in and became the... So it's the, like death to Smoochie but with puppets. Essentially, yeah. Sure. Awesome. That's, okay. that's a decent way to equate, to, to talk about it. <laughs> There's an obscure analogy everyone will totally Absolutely. get. Absolutely. Oh, Spinner. <laughs> I done good, huh, Smoochie? Um, it's actually a really good Spinner. Thank you. <laughs> It, it was it was really funny. It only lasted, I think, one season, and I mean, again, I I saw a few episodes six months ago or something like that. Okay, um, but prior to that, I didn't see it. I hadn't seen it since it had been. It was on Fox. A lot of Fox shows seem to get canceled. Like 
Yeah. I appreciate that Fox takes a chance on these kind of out there weird shows. And they do that. Yeah. But it has to, like, blow everything out of the water. Totally. Or they don't support it. Yeah. Like, I'm amazed Glee made it, to be perfectly honest, because it was a little rocky at first. The show didn't know what it was going to do, but they stuck with it. Bringing it back to the family guy, I think the first episode back, uh, Peter made a reference about, like, once they were they were brought back from cancellation, he made a reference about how they were they were canceled and and um, in in order to to keep going, they were going to have to compete with things. And he rattled off a list of shows that were canceled after one or two seasons. And Greg the Bunny was on there, but it's just like it was staggering all these really popular shows that never really got got a fair shake. And I I think Greg the Bunny is up there. It's really funny. the The puppet characters are hilarious. Um, Futurama kind of took a shot at Fox too when they came back. I think they did too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they got they had their license revoked. They were canceled by the Box Network, oh, and then the yeah. sign kept like blinking out, so it said Fox. Ah, <laughs> uh, Fox, you stupid, stupid jerks. Um. Okay, I'm gonna go with Masters of Horror. Okay. Uh, it was an anthology series where every episode they would get different. There's usually two half hours, or an one at one hour, right? Uh, and they would get a luminary from the horror scene. So Wes Craven directs this one, Dario Argento directs this one, uh, John Carpenter directs this one, and that's and so it was it was just a single like a one shot short short film like a half an hour film on something, and it just had to be horror, and it's by the Masters of Horror. Cool! That was the whole premise. Okay. We got two seasons out of it, and, like, it's hard to say that it was cancelled too soon, because at a certain point, you're gonna run out of sure the, like, great horror luminaries you can ask to do stuff, right. but maybe start doubling up. Yeah. Or, like, now, I'd love to see what James Wan would do. Hmm. After the two conjurings. Right, right. I mean, sure, he has Aquaman to think of, but <laughs> to do like does a half, everything, yeah, hey? Furious he's I like, love Conjuring. It. Furious seven. Yeah, Conjuring Two. Aquaman. I'll do Aquaman, sure. <laughs> Amazing. That, but that's yeah. that's the premise of Masters of Horror. Cool. And it was just some of like and it was a little hit and miss because yeah. it is. It's like here's a half an hour story about something. But mm-hmm. then I don't remember which director did it, but one of them did The Dead Are Rising, and they are voting... Republican? I think they voted Republican, and they didn't want to, so, like, The Dead rose and took over. <laughs> oh. Okay. So that, yeah. Because that's a Simpsons reference, right? It is. The Dead Are Rising, and they're voting Republican? Yeah. Okay. And that's also where the reference to all flannel blanket, all lozenge from... Our show, yeah, that nobody has seen, but that's sure. where it comes from. Is that episode of Masters of Horror amazing? Yeah, okay, that sounds really cool. It was a great series. It's very difficult to come by. Yeah, like, no doubt. Pricey. Oh, is it? Yeah. Huh. That's too bad. I hope that Netflix grabs it and throws it all up. That would be because cool. I would that go seems through the like whole something that would be again. right up their alley too. Yeah. Huh. Um. Studio sixty on the Sunset Strip. Yep. I don't remember a lot of it because it had such a... I don't even think it made it a full season. And if it did, it was... Barely. Barely, The yeah. thing they did was they kept moving it. So it's like, it's on Thursday nights. It's on Monday nights. Now it's a Sunday early evening show. Okay, like, there's one that we're going to talk about later that I have that same contentious issue with. Yeah. Um, but it was, I mean, it was Matthew Perry kind of shortly after Friends got 
well, they they uh, it didn't get canceled. They just stopped making it. Yeah, I guess it, it was canceled. Over. But I think they were done. Yeah, they were just like the story's over. Yeah, and it, I, I mean they had ten seasons. It ran its course, so that was great. Yeah. But it was Matthew Perry, kind of at the height of his career. He had done like the full nine yards with Bruce Willis, and it was kind of right around that time. I and actually really liked that movie. It was really good. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was it was. I don't remember a lot of it. But I remember enjoying it, and I remember being disappointed when I found out that it got canceled. Well, it was it was behind the scenes of a like a but, Saturday Night yeah. Live style show? Yeah, it was Studio sixty on the Sunset Strip was the show name, or Studio sixty, yeah. or something like that. Kind of like, um, so it's like a Thirty Rock, but yeah. not it was it's an hour like comedy drama, yeah, as exactly. opposed to like a pure blood weird comedy with Tracy Morgan, yeah. And Tina Fey and Alec Baldwin, who is awesome in that show. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Uh, but Aaron Sorkin wrote Studio 60. Right. Yeah, so I mean, like, it's... It's got Matthew Perry, Amanda Peet. I grabbed a cast oh, list. Oh, yeah. Was, we were looking on the on the IMDb list, because we actually did some work on this one. As yeah. you can tell by all of our our titles that are coming up. And I was like, oh, yeah, Amanda Peet, I forgot that she was in yeah. that. Uh, it had 22 episodes, so it was oh, one okay, full, full season. season. Okay. But like I said, it, it jumped a lot. Yeah. Uh, Steven Weber... I know the name. Yeah, you you know Stephen Weber probably. Wings. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, D. L. Hewley, Sarah okay. Paulson, who people would now know from American Horror sure. Story. Yeah. Nate Cordry. Nice. Uh, Nate Torrance, Lucy Davis. Just Simon Helberg, who's uh, Wallowitz on The Big Bang Theory now. Oh, okay. Uh, Mark McKinney was in it for a while. Well, and that's the thing. Like, it was a great platform for people. Who are up and coming. Yeah. And then it was a great thing for, like, Matthew Perry and, like, these people who who weren't necessarily, like, A-listers, I guess. I mean, Matthew Perry at one point was because he was on Friends. Yeah. But, like, he wasn't... I mean, none of them... Re- Jennifer Aniston, I guess, was the one who went on to do the most right after. Like, Lisa Kudrow's on... Courtney Cox. Yeah, Courtney, like... Scream. Oh, yeah. But that was kind of during Friends. During and after. Yeah, and but, after. yeah. Anyway, um, it was a great, like, it was a great platform for people who, I don't know, they, they it's not like they needed work, but it was a good job for them, and it was a good yeah. show, and it was funny, and I really enjoyed it. I was disappointed when it got canceled. Yeah. Although, but, although it seems like you thought it was canceled well before it was canceled. Well, because I don't think, I thought it got canceled, but it got moved. Yeah. And then, so I never could find it, so then I was like, well... Now I just don't know what's happening. Now, I don't know where it is. Now, doesn't that sound a lot like a Fox series we both enjoyed? <laughs> well, you had one more that I was going to get to before we got to that. Okay, we can. Okay, sure. Pushing Daisies? Yeah. I don't know anything about it. So this is the last one where it's like the other... Because then there's four that we can be like, okay, these are the good ones to end on. So so I'll just tease that sure. then. Sure, yeah. And we'll... We'll get back to that. We'll get back to it. Yeah. Uh, Pushing Daisies, ABC series, Brian Fuller. Brian Fuller, who people should know, I adore because he made Hannibal. Right. He's also the guy who is rebooting Star Trek for television. That's, okay. That's the next thing he's doing because he's another one of those guys like James Wan. He's just like, all right, I'm going to make this quirky. Pushing Daisies is a quirky kind of weird comedy that's got some musical elements to it. Yeah. It's hyper real colors, like hyper bright, okay. hyper stylized, yeah. really strange really funny um it's about a guy who can he has a superpower i guess but it's not really like he's not a superhero right but his power is he can touch someone and then they come back to life 
Uh, if he touches them again, they are dead again forever. He can't right. touch them more. Um, but if they, if the person he touches is alive for longer than a minute, somebody in the radius of, I think it was a, it was a couple miles or something, dies in their stead. Because huh. there can only be one person okay, sure. brought back or whatever. You can't, you, there has to be an equal amount in The numbers have to stay world. equal. Okay, sure. Yes. Okay. So uh, the love of his life dies, mm-hmm. so he brings her back. But the trick is, he can never touch her Weird. again. Huh. But she could be alive. Sure. So then it begs the question, would you rather have that person that you can't live without yep. be alive but not be able to touch them or just n- not be around anymore? God, right. That's a tough question. But it was really funny. Okay. And weird. And then, so they would also, there was a Chai McBride, who people would know from a whole bunch sure. of stuff. Yeah. Uh, he's like a private detective. Okay. So he finds out about this and what would be perfect for solving murders other than having a guy who can talk to the victim for a minute. Mm. So they start like he run, the main character Lee Pace runs a pie shop where he buys nothing but rotten food because he can then bring it back because it's no longer dead. Amazing. <laughs> and Does that it, mean that other food somewhere else dies? They never really covered that, okay. but I would assume so. Amazing. All of a sudden, somebody's got like a garden and it's just like, why do my plants keep dying? Oh, my man witch. <laughs> um, so yeah, they'll just, they'll solve mysteries, but he'll also make pies. Cool. And, like Christian Chenoweth is in it. Okay. Who everyone probably would know. If you know Christian Chenoweth, it's because of Broadway. Yeah. Wicked and. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently she's playing the, the mom in the, the remount of Hairspray. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. That would be strange because the mom in the remount of Hairspray should be a man, but okay. The other mom. The, ah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Not the John Travolta character, but the, yeah. Yeah. Um, I found out about this yesterday because my coworker got really excited about that. It's because it's Christian Genoweth. Yeah. She is awesome. <laughs> um, uh, cool. That yeah. sounds awesome. That sounds really fun. Canceled because of the writer's strike. Uh, like another that's series that's on our list. <laughs> oh, I'm bringing it back again, hey? Better oh. off Ted. Yeah. Because oh. you're done, right? Yeah, I'm no, done. That's, right. yeah. Now we, we've got four more and all of these we've both seen and we both love and... Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a little longer today. That's yeah. okay. Um, Better off Ted. Which, in the lost episodes, we talked about it before. Oh, yeah. But those are lost, which those means we lost. can talk about it again. This show... So you have Ted, and I don't know if you ever learn his last name. Whether you do or not, it doesn't really have. matter. Ted is kind of a middle management guy who works for a major conglomerate. Viridian Dynamics. Viridian Dy- Dynamics. Uh, Portia de Rossi is his boss. Yeah. He's played by Jay Harrington, by the way. Yeah. 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 Um, and so there's, and then basically you, so he works there and like you, it's all the different, I don't even know how to explain it. You have Lem and Phil who are these scientists who basically, like they come up with, Viridian Dynamics is, they're just one of those companies that they try to, they just do everything. It's a massive science-based conglomerate. Yeah. And Ted's job is to try and keep Lemon Phil, the main scientists, on task, whereas Portia Del Rossi's character, who is Ted's boss, yeah. is trying to push them to do things crazy. Sure. That's a really, really simple, great explanation of it. It's... Amazing. There were three seasons, I think. Yes, I think there's three. I think there were three seasons. Um, I can check. It is just... 
they, they, the scientists would do things like invent a blob of meat that you could eat. Blobby, yeah. That they call blobby. <laughs> Um, to just it was like they're trying to mass produce food and like trying to scientific or like create meat in a lab so that way it's you don't have to grow as much outdoors and everything like that and to see if it was feasible. Yeah. And then they named the blob Blobby and then became too attached to it and then Phil ends up missing Blobby. Yeah. Um, but like, <laughs> and they but they did have a discussion. This doesn't taste quite quite right. That's because cows taste they their flavor is informed by what they're eating so should we give blobby a mouth <laughs> and ted's like i think that giving the genetically engineered meat a mouth is a bad idea <laughs> but then it was just every every episode had a strange viridian dynamics commercial yeah, in it somewhere at the be- when it first started it was right at the beginning it was always like viridian dynamics this is what we're doing and then kind of towards, you know, middle of the of the, the series, it would be in the middle of the episode, and, like, it was just kind of wherever it fit. Yeah, it just would pop up every once in a while, and yeah. there were always, it's like a commercial you would see on television, Yeah, but at the same time, completely satirical and ridiculously funny. Totally. But then, it would just be, like, the corporate structure. So it wasn't, like, the office, per se, no. but it was, it was a lot more, like satire of crazy office, like a parody versus a satire. Yeah, and like Ted could talk to the audience. He could could break the fourth wall, but he was the only one who could break the fourth wall. Yes. So it was like it was a documentary of him, but not really because it's not like nobody else was cognizant of of the fact that there was a counter around. So it's not like I don't know, it was weird. Yeah. Um, but we also spent more time with Ted because we also met like his daughter because mm-hmm. he's a single dad, yeah, which made him awesome. There was a weird kind of love interest, yeah, she was great. I like that character, yeah, um, uh, but they would just come up with the randomest things every episode, oh. like they put in new door sensors that couldn't see black people, <laughs> and Len was a black guy, yeah. So they had to hire white guys. To... And it wasn't even door sensors; it was like the lights would go like the automatic... it was just like yeah. the auto sensors yeah. for everything, yeah. And so, yeah, they had to hire white people to follow all the black people to make sure that... But then that was unseemly and kind of went against affirmative action. Did yeah. they talk about affirmative action or was it... I can't remember. I can't remember if they did that specifically, but they're like, but that wasn't in tune with our lawyers. So then we started to hire black guys to follow the white guys who are following the black guys around. Yeah. But we can't continue to do this because eventually we won't have enough parking. <laughs> So then they just changed the sensors back. It was yeah. so ridiculous, but that's the sort of that is basically the sort of show that it was. It was it was it kind of made sense, but at the same time, things were so stretched beyond reality. It was silly, but it never got to the point where it was unpleasant. Exactly, it was, you were always like you were in for the ride, but it wasn't when they sit when Lemon feels like. We have a medieval fight club. At no point are you like, well, that's stupid. You're like, they totally would. Yeah. This building would have a medieval fight club. Yeah, exactly. I'm looking forward to seeing this. Mm-hmm. It was it, it was so good. And it's been on Netflix before. It kind of comes and goes on Netflix. And it's yeah. one of those shows that I didn't know anything about it when it was first on. No, When it was on not TV. At all. You, like, you had seen it on Netflix. Like, Dave, you have to watch it. So I watched the first episode. I was like, I'm in. Yeah. I'm hooked. Yeah. And I've seen it two or three times since. It's so good. It, it makes me so happy. And it's one of those shows that you can make references to. Yeah. We quote The Simpsons all the time on this podcast and all, a whole bunch of other stuff, South Parks and sure. that sort of thing. But Better Off Ted is one that we both quote to each other. Yeah. And probably use without realizing it. Probably. And then every once in a while do the Bowling and Nachos speech because Bowling and Nachos is amazing. 
Do you want to, you brought it up. You have to tell our listeners what bowling and nachos is. Or do we want to, that to be the impetus to go watch Better Off Tag? There you go. Okay, yeah. You watch it and find out what bowling and nachos is, and then tweet at us that you now know what bowling and nachos is. Or start it off, and we will finish it on Twitter, <laughs> probably without having to look it up. It's true. Um, I'm going to go with The Tonight Show with okay. Conan O'Brien. Because um, The Tonight Show has been going since forever. Yep. I mean, you've had Johnny Carson and Steve Allen and Jay Leno and um, um, Joan Rivers hosted it for a while. I used to toast The Tonight Show. That's not, that's a Simpsons reference. I can't remember which one. Letterman filled in for Carson. Letterman filled in for Carson. Like yeah. Tonight Show has had a slew of hosts, and now it's Jimmy Fallon, yep. who was great. Yeah. Conan, uh, he was molded to take it over, and he was he was on late night with Conan O'Brien for so long, and it yep. was almost like NBC had promised. It's like just hold, stick through it, stick through it, and then when Jay Leno retires, NBC had promised. Yeah, yeah, you'll get the Tonight Show. So he kind of gutted through. When ABC was looking to fill theirs, they offered. They said, "No, you can get. We'll give you the. You'll get the Tonight Show when Jay's done." Yeah, and that's why there's a Kimmel. Yeah. So, Conan stuck through it, and then Leno retired, and they gave him, they gave Conan the Tonight Show, and then Leno did this new talk show for like a couple years that came on before the Tonight Show, which was basically exactly like Leno's Tonight Show, only before the Tonight Show. Well, the numbers weren't great for Conan. It was okay, but it wasn't great. His Tonight Show lasted like nine months, Mm -hmm. eight months. Eight to nine. Yeah. In like the first six months? Is that when they brought... Was it even that long? Something like that. They brought Leno back. Yeah. For an hour before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I... I don't know if Conan's Tonight Show would have developed... Like, d- do you remember when Fallon first started? Yeah. Eh? Yeah. It was okay? But he is, and, and that's the thing is, you need time to kind of figure out what it's going to be. Yeah, and Fallon has done such a good job of evolving his show to make it his own. Yep. Well, it's developed more, and now that things have become more established, and he's become more comfortable in that role. Because mm-hmm. there was Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, which is kind of the same thing, mm-hmm. but the Tonight Show, as Conan discovered, as we always discover, <laughs> always we've had, had what three hosts in our lifetime. Four. I vague. I think Johnny retired right around when I was late nineties. Yeah, or mid early nineties. Yeah, late eighties to early nineties. Yeah. he retires. So four hosts. Yeah, yeah, and like it's it's and the transition has always been rocky. Absolutely, because what happened the first time? Letterman is sitting in late night with David Letterman. Mm-hmm. Which if you if you guys have never seen some late night with David Letterman. Find some on YouTube yeah. or wherever you can find a little bit. That show is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. When you watch that and then see what happened, like, when Dave retired, it's just like, okay, dude, I get it. You're exhausted and you're not into this anymore because mm-hmm. what you used to do is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, he just, you could tell. he His heart wasn't in it. He was done. And, I mean, Colbert was an excellent replacement and his... Like, I feel like his transition was probably a little bit easier because he already had that mass following. Yep. Although, so did Conan, but... But Dave made it easy. Yeah. L- like, Letterman was just like, Colbert's coming? Great. Yeah. Okay. I think he'll do a good job. 
Yeah. And Craig Ferguson never would have worked in the earlier slot. I don't Because that's so. just not what he does. No, he was too blue, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He was. It was really lax and kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And now we have James Corden. Yeah. Who's amazing. So. I think the the current late night TV lineup is quite good. And we still have Conan. And we still have Conan, and we now we have Jimmy. Like, yeah. Jimmy Fallon and uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Like, yeah, I very rarely watch Kimmel. I do I don't, every once in a while, but... I don't watch Kimmel, but I'll watch clips. Like, I'll, yeah. I love celebrities meeting, reading mean tweets. Like, yeah, I like his great. segments. I just never go out of my way to watch Kimmel. No. Um, I miss him it's... when he was on Ben, ben Stein's Money. <laughs> <laughs> or that those, like, two years where he was one of the throwaway pick guys on NFL so- Fox Sunday Football. Because oh, yeah. he was. I forgot about that. Yeah. Anyway, um... It, I would have liked to have seen if he would have developed into it, but at the same time, there is that changing of the guard because yeah. he is still snark. He is still yeah. sarcasm, and yeah. he's, he's still mean, whereas everybody else now is about charm. Totally. Yeah. Everybody's about charm. Yeah. The four, I mean, with the exception of, of Kimmel, because he's kind of an entity unto himself. I Yeah, I kind of talk about the big four. But the big four. The two on NBC and the two on CBS. Yeah. They are all charming, charming people. Yeah. And I mean, Stephen Colbert is snarky politically. Yeah. But he is a charming mother. But like, even when he is being snarky politically, it is... I, I keep trying not to say snorky, which would be the Simpsons reference. Yeah. But when he is being snarky, it's still got that kind of like, I'm just a charming guy ribbing you. Absolutely. It's not the same like Dave Letterman ripping someone apart. Totally. Yeah. Okay, we're down to two. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with Titus first. Yeah. Because the last one is the last one. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, Titus was the one that I was alluding to when we were talking about Studio 60, about shows jumping all over. Because I think Titus used to be on Sunday nights, and then it got moved to like, or it was on Thursday nights. Or like, Both of our last ones did this. Yeah. Yeah. And, right, yeah, exactly. And so it was like... Was Titus on Fox too? Yes. It sure was. It sure was. And <laughs> that's the problem, is it's like, it was a show that I loved, and then it got moved to this night, which, I mean, maybe I had hockey, or maybe it was, maybe I just forgot that it got moved there, or got moved to a different time slot when or I wasn't watching TV. they forget to tell us, exactly. and then they advertise it during a show that nobody who watched Titus watches, Yeah, which happens all the time when they move shows. Thankfully yeah. now with the internet, it's just like, what is that? Then that used to be on now? Yeah. And you look it up, it's like, oh, they moved it to Tuesdays. Okay, great. Okay, yeah. I'll, or you set your PVR and it just PVRs at whenever. It's like, Any you're recording a series, it's like, this. exactly. Yeah. So it's not that big a deal. But when you like when you have to set a VCR, if you're not going to be there, you have to set it for a specific date and time. Yep. Or you have to watch it. And if I wasn't, th- like, I was only allowed to watch a little bit of TV at a time, like, when I was growing up. If you had homework, if you had hockey, if you had baseball, theater or, or theater, yeah, or, exactly, like, whatever. track, or yeah. something for me, basketball, Wrestling, badminton, like, yeah. Any, anything, if you... <laughs> Between the two of us, we played most school most sports. Most of the sports, yeah. But if we didn't, if you weren't there, and if I didn't know when it was on, I'm not setting the VCR, and I barely set VCR, like, I barely set anything to record anyway. No. But Titus was amazing. Yeah, it was so good. Now, did you like Titus for Titus, or did you like Titus for everybody around Titus? A little bit of both. Like, I liked Titus. I liked... I thought his delivery was good, and I think Christopher Titus is a great comedian. You needed him to del- to drive the show. Yeah. But Zach Ward's Dave... Shout out Zach Ward. Hello. 
who is apparently following Sean on Twitter. Yeah. Which is awesome. And Stacy Keach as Stacey his dad. Stacy Keach as his dad was so good. And the other two, like, the girl who played Aaron and then the guy who played Tommy were good. Yeah, they were good, too. They were great supporting and kind of straight characters, straight and, men. And you needed that. Women. You did. But Dave and Papa Titus oh. were just the best. And, I mean, a lot of this was based on Christopher Titus's experiences growing up and, like, his yeah, life, which exactly. is crazy. Like, you think about if he actually had a dad like that, that's insane. Oh, man. Like, I've heard his stand-up. I've heard his, like, I you know, I, I know some of his life. I was like, man, that guy's nuts. Like, yeah, I'm surprised he made it through the kind of well-balanced human being he is. And this is another one of those series where we invariably quote. Oh, yeah. But most of the time, Papa Titus or Dave. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because they were the ones who, they were the... They were the jokes. They were the ones yeah. that you got the humor from. Every road trip we went on, at one point, as soon as we passed cows, we somebody who knows Titus has to say, if we're with Dave, Dave cow. <laughs> that doesn't work every time, guys. And then Dave would always put his hand up and look for the cow. That's a Titus it's reference. Just, you, you have to. It's what you had to do. And it only lasted three seasons, I think. Something like that, yeah. And I remember, like, there was one point where, I guess, spoilers alert for a show that came out when I was in high school. Yeah. Um, there was an episode where Titus was racing funny cars. Oh, yeah. And the car blew up. And, like, people thought that he was dead. And at the end of that episode, it was Titus's dad who was in the room that turned the light bulb off. And it's yeah. like, whoa. Ooh. It was heavy. Yeah. But, I mean, there was also episodes that were so... Did that not come back the next episode when he... Because it always opened, there was, like, a monologue kind yeah. of bit. Seinfeld-esque. Sure. Not on stand-up, but it was just, like, direct-to-camera yeah. under a, a buyer light bulb. Didn't the next one, after that funny car one, like, open it up, and it was Christopher Titus smoking? Like I think he was, so. Like, I think you're right. Like, singed and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. And that was how we found out that he was okay? And then he was in the hospital, and yeah. 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 Because I think Dave goes to pull the plug on him, and it was it was a yeah. great episode. But at the end of that, that one episode, it was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Did they just kill their main character? Did they just... Is that how the series ends? Mm. Yeah, so it was it was phenomenal, phenomenal, and it lasted three seasons. We would be remiss if we don't do this, but Dad, I'm 17. I think I know how to jack up a car. Err. <laughs> yeah. And what have we learned? Cars are heavy. Err. Uh. <laughs> ah. Now I feel all is right in the world now. Okay, anyone who knows us or has listened to this podcast for a while should know what's last. Yeah, you alluded to it before. I did. And then we kind of skipped around it. Yep, to put it last. To put it last, because how can you... We couldn't end the podcast on anything but Arrested Development. How Fox couldn't market this series, but the problem it always had is, if you missed an episode, you're done. Yeah. Well, and I often thought that it was too smart for basically Fox viewers. Yeah. It was a very intelligent show. It was intelligent comedy. It didn't have a laugh track. No. It didn't, like, you had to know when the jokes were there, and you had to be perceptive. And you had to be an Arrested Development fan. Exactly. Because if you didn't see that one throwaway thing that happened six episodes ago, yeah. these nine jokes aren't going to work. Absolutely not. And... And they won every Emmy for, like, three years. For writing, because it was amazingly written. Yeah. It was so well written. It was so funny. The characters were so good. The cast is great. The cast was, like, it was perfectly cast. And then 
Oh, and then it just they didn't. They kept moving it. They kept moving it because they couldn't figure out how to market it properly. Who to market it to? Yeah, and just it just never had a chance. And it had three amazing seasons. It was so ridiculous. That's like, one where because they knew that they were getting canceled, so then yeah. they like. But they they had a little bit more time to kind of work that one out, and the ending was they did decent. It worked though. It worked. It was a very arrested development ending totally. because it's just like, nope, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, and there's Ron Howard. Yeah. Now all of that tied together. Yeah, which makes perfect sense. It was so, and like, with um, I think, had they had even two more seasons, at that time, it would have been. Like, if you had five seasons of Arrested Development in its prime when all the actors were there, yep. Portia de Rossi hadn't gotten that weird facelift, yeah. um, they weren't busy. Because, yep. I mean, that's the thing, is a lot of the, like, Michael Sarah, because of Arrested Development, went on to, like, he did um, Zach, and, or not Zach, um, uh, Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim, he did, um, uh, what's the the one, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Oh, yep. uh, like, he... Uh, he did one where he played like his alter ego. He was in Juno. Like he, yeah. He Arrested Development kind of propelled him. Will Arnett got some stuff because of that. I mean, Jason Bateman in the eighties, people kind of knew who he was, but that kind of relaunched his career. Yep. A lot of these people did very well because of this show. Yeah. And then uh, Jeffrey Tambor didn't need Arrested Development, but Jeffrey Tambor playing two different characters was so good. All of a sudden, there's Martin Short for a four episode yeah. swing. And again, celebrity cameos and like, um, oh, like Ed Begley Jr. Yeah, he's so good. In he's that so show. good in that show. So is uh, and like they were going to have Andy Griffith. Remember in season yeah. three? But then the cabin. Yeah. Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler. Oh God, is their lawyer? He was amazing. Martin Mull was he the guy who played the? Um, the 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 private detective oh yeah Gene uh, Parmesan Parmesan um, oh there was Judge Reinhold on on mock trial with Judge Reinhold like there was just yeah all kinds of celebrity it was so so good but you had to watch it from the start you had to watch it. and that's why Netflix was the perfect place to have Arrested Development yeah but that fourth season was just such a disappointment because. Everybody was busy, and it was so far removed that it... It still could have worked if you had everybody at the same time. I think but so. But the fact that you had to branch it, so, like, this episode is just going to be Tobias. Yeah. It's like, well, I love Tobias. Tobias is probably my favorite character. Sure. Him or Buster. Yeah. I love Buster. But the problem is... They don't work on their own. You need everybody else around them. You can't... And, like... You have to temper Tobias with Job. Exactly. And you need Michael there to kind of balance that out. And you need Oscar and all of that to balance everything. Yeah. So that way it's not 30 awkward minutes of Tobias trying to be an actor. Like, it's funny when it's in two minutes or when he blew himself. Yeah. But it's just like... it has got to be a better way to say that. (laughs) Context? (laughs) (laughs) And that's the thing is... That was the genius of the writing, is they knew how to balance it. And they yep. knew where to get that Tobias moment, and where to get that Job moment, and then where to balance it out with a straight man, Michael. Yeah, and then, or you combine them. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, we're going to put Job and Tobias together for this episode. It's like, go buy us some coffee. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> when he breaks into Julia Louis-Dreyfus's apartment. Because oh, he's like a cat. 
Like, it's just, it It was uh, so perfectly layered. Yeah. I've been doing such a good job of watching things I haven't seen and now talking about Arrested Development. I'm like, well, My- feel like it's time to start watching Arrested Development again. <laughs> because you have to. I remember, and I've seen it so many times. There's one, I, I was up in Edmonton a few years ago. And I was watching Netflix and was like, oh, I'm just going to start at the episode where they go to Mexico. Perfect. And then I was like, well, now I'm watching it to the end. And that's <laughs> the problem is I'll watch an episode. It doesn't matter which one, but I'm like, well, now I have to watch it all the way through. Yeah. And that's the the beauty and the curse of, of Arrested Development. And that's why I was so disappointed when it got canceled. Yeah. And that's too. why it's the perfect one to end this podcast on. Yep, it is. Anything else you want to say? Uh, No. No, I'm just, I'm going to go back to not being seen. Nice. Well, I guess that's it. Look for us on Twitter to have a chat to throw us a topic for future podcasts. I can be found at David Ron. That's Ron with two N's. Woo. Sean is at Sean Cord. That's Sean with you. Woo. Sure. And we are at guys from, you didn't need your own woo. You have enough fans. <laughs> we are at guys from podcast or that's it. At guys from podcast. Do you like the guys from podcast? Do you know what would really help the guys from podcast? If you would share the podcast with your friends, with strangers, walk up to someone on the street, slap them with your pod, whatever you're using to listen to it, your phone, sure, your iPod, sure, doesn't matter, mm-hmm. and show them it. Yep. Or rate it and share it on iTunes. If you subscribe on iTunes, all of that sort of stuff can help us out. We're available on basically every podcatcher. Whatever your podcatcher is of choice... It's on there. Or check us out on Stitcher, the innovative on-demand radio and podcast app. If you are looking for our articles or back episodes of the podcast, you can find them at our website, www.theguysfrom.com. Hey, Dave, is there anything you wanted to plug? Uh, I just started rewatching Vikings from the beginning. Oh. Um, I know I'm late to the party on that one because it's on, I think it's five seasons in or something. Yeah. But if you're like me and don't watch things immediately, go check out Vikings. Sean? Uh, we are going to be doing a giant Simpsons-themed, I don't know, uh, feature, Sure, I guess? Yeah, okay. Which will be going through most of the summer, actually, starting yeah. in early July. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that on the website. Head to iHorror.com for all of your horror news, interview, and review needs. Also, we are on YouTube now. We've got a channel. We're putting up some new web series via iHorror with interviews and a whole bunch of different random stuff like that. I think Dave was concerned there for a second. I thought you were talking about the guys from, I was like, what? Oh, yeah. We're putting new stuff up? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And if you haven't seen any of these series, if you're okay with being slightly disappointed with how they end, especially stuff like Arrested Development, uh, Carnival, anything we just talked about, if you haven't seen it, give it a shot. Yep. Special thanks to The Sweets for our wonderful opening music. Check out their website at www.wearethesweets.com. Also, two things. Congratulations to the city of Cleveland. Not necessarily the Cavaliers, but the city of Cleveland for finally getting a championship. Yeah, those fans needed some. They really did. And the Browns aren't coming. They really aren't. And on a sadder note, thank you to Anton Yelchin. This You reminded me of this when we talked about Star Trek. Uh, just tragic. 27 yeah. years old and what a what a tragic way to go and like I loved a lot of his work. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing him in Alpha Dog years ago and I was like yeah. damn this kid's he's got chops he's gonna go places and he's he was so good and so personable and that one that one, that one stung a little so thank you to him for all his work and uh, may he rest in peace along with everybody else from this stupid year. Yeah. <laughs> On that note 
This has been the actual episode 121. I labeled 121 on the last one, too, so I might label this one as 120, just to mess with people. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Once again, I'm Sean. And I'm Dave. Taking us out this week is Diatessaron and their song Kite Strings. Remember, you can check them out on diatessaronband.com or their other site, diatessaron.bandcamp.com. Remember, if you have an original song that we'd like us to feature at the end of our podcast, send us an MP3 or the link to your SoundCloud along with any information about your band that you would like us to pass along. We are big fans of the indie community, and we want to lend our support however we can. Our email address is guysfrompodcast at gmail.com. Have a great week, everybody. The Guys From Podcast is brought to you in part by nothing, but is only able to do this thanks to the generosity of that fan. Keeping us from dying of heat because we have to keep the windows closed in my unair conditioned apartment. That way you don't hear traffic and weird noises the entire time. So thanks, fan. Me and my vessel know I'm old and it's time to go. Me and my vessel know I'm old and it's time to go.
Jesús.